0: subject of the atonement the two references before you on your screen are of utmost importance and that is uh, things that we are familiar with if any man speak let him speak as the oracles of God and in the multitude of words there doesn't lack sin and one of the things that has happened over time this doesn't just apply to the world with their made up words like trinity and purgatory and immortal soul But certainly to us as well, and nothing has had so many words heaped upon it as attempts to explain the subject matter of the atonement, when in fact, brothers and sisters, our statement of faith, the Birmingham amended statement of faith. Is very short. Very concise in the statements made regarding this subject and then, like the example on the screen before you a multitude of scriptural references. So all we're going to do, and by the way, I presented this study at a Bible class um, several years ago, and it would be quite a conservative uh, Bible school. And the subject matter was the atonement by my choice to take it up, quoting simply the statement of faith, the accompanying scriptures, as much as time permitted, that go along with that short and concise and epitomized statement of faith that we have in the BASF. And then a couple of quotations from Brother Thomas and Brother Roberts. There are other brethren I would like to quote, but I want to stick with the pioneers on this particular subject matter. And of course, the foundation of everything that we believe is that the Word of God is inspired, wholly inspired, again, which is the foundation of the statement of faith. So there'll be multitudes of scriptures referred to, and we'll start here. In some of the statements in the statement of faith... That regard the subject of the atonement. And pertaining to the covenants of promise, we read this. These promises had reference to Jesus Christ, who was to be raised up, and this is important, in the condemned line of Abraham and David, and who, though wearing their condemned nature, was to obtain a title to resurrection by perfect obedience and by dying abrogate not a common word we use today so I've defined it at the bottom abolish to take away to do away with to take away the law of condemnation for himself and all who should believe and obey him and then a host of scriptures so he was raised up in the condemned line of Abraham and David he wore same condemned nature resurrected by perfect obedience, and by that process, abolished the law of condemnation for himself and all who should believe and obey him. And you'll notice there, and as our brother mentioned, this is all within the theme of reasoning out of scriptures by things like types and allegories. And you'll notice that our statement of faith includes that. They are included here, references in Galatians, A lot of references in Romans, a lot in Hebrews, which are direct quotations from the law and the prophets and the types that are employed there. And a couple of those quotes are this, Hebrews 5, 3 through 9, after stating that about the Lord Jesus Christ, by reason hereof he ought as for the people so also for himself to offer sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So you see the high priest and then Christ. So also, as Aaron, Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, thou art my son today, have I begotten thee? he saith also in another place, here's another quotation, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who, In the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, he was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect, became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him short statements in the basf scriptures to go along with them here's hebrews 7 for such a high priest became us who is holy harmless undefiled separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens who needeth not daily as those high priests those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. This he did once when he offered up himself. You understand the truth, you can glean all the principles of those quotations and the epitome statement Birmingham amended statement of faith. We don't have to heap a lot of words on it. The physical law of our nature. It says this in our statement of faith. Adam broke this law and was adjudged unworthy of immortality and sentenced to return to the ground from whence he was taken. Note this, brothers and sisters, short, concise statement, a lot of scriptures to go with it. A sentence which defiled and became a physical law of his being and was transmitted to all his posterity, the physical law of his being. And you'll notice one of the quotes we use in our statement of faith is Psalm 51. verse five. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. You will know, brethren, as I well know, that verse is not quoted in that context today. It is put in a moral realm, not a physical realm as if there was some sort of scandal in David's house. John three, verses five through seven, also quoted in our statement of faith. Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And first Corinthians 15 verse two. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And here is the quote from Elpis Israel regarding that quote of Psalm 51. Every son of Adam is conceived in sin and shapen in iniquity. And therefore sinful flesh. On the principle that what is born of flesh is flesh. Elpis, Israel, John Thomas. Those references are not necessarily used in that sense today. They are taking from the physical law into a moral realm. And that's where we can quickly go astray. Sin enters the world through one man and death, death, death becomes a physical law. We know the context of Genesis 3, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, of course, in the blue, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, unto dust thou shalt thou return. Here's the reference, which we quote many times in our statement of faith from Romans 5, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And we know that from Genesis five, you get the generations of Adam and he died. He lived so many years and he died. He lived so many years and he died. Romans 5, 15, for if through the offense of one, many be dead. And by the way, Romans five, you can circle one all throughout that chapter. It's speaking of one man, Adam, bringing sin and death in the world. One man, Christ bringing redemption. Much more the grace of God, And the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, at the bound unto many. So here's the first and last Adam brought to bear. Sin, I say, John Thomas, Elpis Israel, first work we have in the truth, is a synonym, it's synonymous with human nature. Hence, the flesh is invariably regarded as unclean. It is therefore written, how can he be clean who was born of a woman? Quoting Job 25. And again, quoting Job 14, which we quote, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean, not one? This view of sin in the flesh is enlightening in the things concerning Jesus. The apostle says God made him sin for us who knew no sin. And this he explains in another place by saying that he sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, Romans 8 and 3, of course, in the offering of his body once. Sin could not have been condemned in the body of Jesus if it had not existed there. His body was as unclean as the bodies of those he died for. For he was born of a woman, and not one can bring a clean body out of a defiled body. For that Jesus saith himself, which is born of flesh is flesh. And of course, we know what Mary did. She went and cleansed herself according to the law after the birth of Christ. For since by man came death, 1 Corinthians 15, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. These two men, we know what they represent, the chiefs of the different generation, and the subject is death. For as an and Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive, death and alive, the two federal heads, Christ and Adam. Romans 7, I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death, says Paul. Romans 6. Knowing that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Here's the quotation again from Elvis Israel children are born sinners or unclean because they are born of sinful flesh that which is born of the flesh is flesh or sin this is a misfortune not a crime elvis israel the word sin is used in two principal acceptations it is used in two particular definitions in scripture it signifies in the first place of course the transgression of the law and in the next it represents that physical principle of the animal nature in the next it represents that physical principle of the animal nature which is the cause of all its diseases, death, and resolution into the dust. We know when Christ healed infirmity, thy sins be forgiven thee. So here are the quotations, and you'll notice the two principal applications or acceptations of this word sin. He made him, God made Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. John 8, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. For in that he died, he died unto Sin once, but in that he liveth, he's resurrected, he liveth unto God. Here's article 10. That being so begotten of God and inhabited and used by God through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. God manifest in the flesh. Yet was during his natural life of like nature with mortal men, being made of a woman, of the house and lineage of David, and therefore a sufferer in the days of his flesh, from all the effects that came by Adam's transgression, including the death that passed upon all men, which he shared by partaking of their physical nature. And here are the references supplied. God was manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Hebrews 5, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect, became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him. Hebrews 2, also in the reference quoted in the Statement of Faith, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, flesh and blood, that through death, He might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. We see the synonymous terms there. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. And as we've already quoted, Romans 8 and 3. Here's 2 Corinthians 13 verse 4. For though he was crucified through weakness, as we know, refers to nature, yet he liveth by the power of God, for we also are weak in him, and we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. You can see the constant quotation of scriptures, brothers and sisters that are cited in our statement of faith. Short statement of what the scriptures say, then a constant stream of biblical references. He shared our nature. Romans one, three through four, came in the condemned line of David and Abraham. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made the seed of David, according to the flesh. Colossians 1. Ye that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable un- un- in his sight. 1 Peter two twenty four. We talked about this in the tabernacle. But the Natural man is represented as a tree and the wood cut down and formed for the tabernacle who his own self bear our sins in his own body. That's where it was born on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye are healed or healed. Job 14 and four, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean, not one. Brother Roberts, the law of Moses says, a sinless man, wholly harmless, separate from sinners, made subject to the consequence of sin. The statement that he did these things for us, Brother Roberts, law of Moses, has blinded many to the fact that he did them for himself first, without which he could not have done them for us. For it was by doing them for himself that he did them for us. He did them for us only as we may become part of him in merging our individualities in him by taking part in his death and putting on his name and sharing his life afterwards. Another quote from Law Moses. It was a sacrifice operative on himself, first of all, for he is the beginning of the new creation, the two federal heads, Adam and Christ, the first fruits of the new harvest, the foundation of the new temple. As such, it was needful that he should himself be the subject of the process and the reaper of the results. Hence the testimony in Hebrews 13, that by his own blood, he entered into the holy place. He obtained middle voice, meaning to be done to oneself. Uh, I'm sorry, self-subjective state of the verb, eternal redemption. And you know that for us, is not in the original, it's interpolated. The father saved him from death for his obedience unto death. everything we get in the very short statements in our statement of faith and the compound of scriptures that are used as a reference. Bearing our condemned nature. That it was this mission that necessitated the miraculous begettale of Christ, of a human mother, enabling him to bear our condemnation. And at the same time, Be a sinless bearer thereof. Two different applications of sin. A sinless bearer thereof. And therefore, one who could rise after suffering the death required by the righteousness of God. And we know Luke 2, taken from Leviticus 12. After he was born, she called his name Jesus. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem. And you'll get all that purification in Leviticus 12 that you will recall. According to this physical law, says Brother Thomas, now this Israel, this physical law, the seed of the woman was born into the world. The nature of Mary was as unclean as that of any other woman. It's in our statement of faith of doctrines to be rejected. The immaculate conception. That means that she was sinless. The nature of Mary was as unclean as that of other women. Therefore, could give birth only to a body like her own. Though especially prepared of God. Had Mary's nature been immaculate, As her idolatrous worshippers contend, an immaculate body would have been born of her, which therefore would have not answered the purpose of God, which was to condemn sin in the flesh, a thing that could not have been accomplished if there were no sin there. Sinful flesh being the hereditary nature of the Lord Jesus, He was a fit and proper sacrifice for sin. Of course, I'm quoting Elvis Israel, John Thomas, especially as he was himself innocent of the great transgression, having been obedient in all things, appearing in the nature of the seed of Abraham, he was subject to all the emotions by which we are troubled, so that he was enabled to sympathize with our infirmities being made in all things like unto his brethren. However, he possessed the Spirit without measure, though sharing our nature. That Jesus of Nazareth was born, I'm sorry, Jesus of Nazareth was the Son of God, begotten or born of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. Flesh had nothing to do with it without the intervention of man and afterwards anointed with the same spirit without measure at his baptism. Luke 4 says, Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. Fasting. As the, course, other... uh, Cross-references in Matthew, Mark, tell us. And when they were ended, he afterwards was a hunger. Psalm 80 says, Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand upon the son of man, whom thou madest strong for thyself. God made him strong for himself. Uh, Brother Roberts, Law of Moses, the Lord Jesus was human nature taken hold of by the Spirit. His character and conduct and sinlessness was separate from his nature. Strengthened by his father. And these are the quotes that were in the statement of faith just a moment ago. Jesus overcame sin's flesh. There shall come forth out of the rod of the stem of Jesse. He shares our nature. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of Yahweh shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might the spirit of the knowledge and of the fear of Yahweh. And he shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of Yahweh. He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor. Isaiah 42, behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. John 3. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. That's important. The words that he speaks, John 6, are spirit. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. And we know that's a double negative common in scripture. In other words, God gave the spirit with no restraint unto him the father loveth the son and hath given all things into his hand john 10 verse 30 i my father are one jesus was always obedient always reflected the father's character then said jesus unto them i do nothing of myself but as my father has taught me i speak these things He that sent me is with me, the Father hath not let me alone, for I do always the things that please him. Amazing, while sharing our nature. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Possessing sinful flesh was no sin in him who kept it under perfect control and did always those things that pleased the Father. At the same time being the sinful, I'm sorry, being the sinful flesh derived from the condemned transgressors of Edom. It admitted of sin being publicly condemned in him without any collision with the claims of his personal righteousness, which were to be met by an immediate and glorious resurrection. Again, law of Moses, brother Roberts, he was made sin for us that he was made of a woman in the likeness of sinful flesh. And that by a figure God hath laid on him the iniquities of us all, and that he bore our sins in his own body to the tree. 1 Peter 2:24. Although sharing our nature, Jesus never guilty of the first principle acceptation of sin, and that is transgression. We have a high priest, sorry, Hebrews 44 uh, verse 15 which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. For as much as then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And of course, Romans 8 and 3 and 2 Corinthians 5:21. He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus did not obey his sin-prone nature, but did his father's will. Philippians 2, verse 8. Being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Hebrews nine twenty six, For then must he oft have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, he hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. 1 Peter 4 and 1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, freed that has suffered in the flesh, has ceased from sin. Filled with the spirit word, sin was never conceived in the mind of Christ. The Birmingham Amended of State Statement, Birmingham Amended Statement of Faith does not relate James 1 verses 14 through 15 to the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, As we're pointing out in Psalm 51, it's something that is often used for Christ, but is not referenced concerning him in our statement of faith. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That describes death as the process of transgression not Christ's mind. Jesus was an absolute and complete manifestation of the Father. The word was made flesh, <coughs> I'm sorry, and tabernacled among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, ye shall know him and have seen him. Of course, it's an emphasis again of what we quoted concerning John 14 in his answer to Philip. John 1. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, an affectionate place, one of unity, He hath declared him. The Lord was the express image of God, being in the form of God noted several times in scriptures. In the image of God. Statement of faith. The appearance of Jesus Nazareth on earth was necessitated by the position and state into which the human race had been brought by the circumstances connected with the first man second Corinthians a quotation of the reference provided in the statement of faith and also Romans five verse 17 provided for us in the statement of faith God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself God manifestation right not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us. Here's your explanation of how the reconciliation to God happened. Who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, in Christ. For if one, by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. One is the author of death. One is the author of life. Raised from the dead. On the third day, God raised him from the dead and exalted him to the heavens. As priestly mediator between God and man in the process of gathering from among them a people who should be saved by the belief and obedience of the truth. That these promises had reference to Jesus Christ. Notice again. Who was raised up in the condemned line of Abraham and David where we started. And the wearing their condemned nature was to obtain a title to resurrection by perfect obedience. This, again, is why he was lifted up. And notice these words, and wherefore means exacting a result. Philippians 2, being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, for that reason. Wherefore, because of that, God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. John 10. Therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life that, it's a Greek expression meaning something that ensures a result. If I do this, that assuredly will come. Sorry, I should have had that in the note there, that I might take it again. If you lay it down, you are assured you will take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down voluntarily of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. God ensured his resurrection if he was given to perfect obedience. Whom God hath raised up, Acts 2 and 24, having loosed the pains of death. Death is the problem. He tasted death for every man because it was not possible that he should be holding of it, not guilty of the great transgression, as brother Thomas says. David, after he'd served his own generation by the will of God, he did fall on He was laid unto his fathers. He did see corruption. But Christ, whom God raised up, saw no corruption. It was a reward for obedience. For himself and all who should believe and obey him. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. And actually in your King James Version, those words for us are italicized, removed in some translations. They're definitely not there because the quote from Brother Roberts in the blood of Christ. You will observe the two words for us are not in the original. The verb is in the middle voice. We have no middle voice in the English. We have passive or active. You either do for someone, or someone is doing unto you in the English. But in the Greek, there's another voice. It's a middle voice, the state of that verb in which you do a thing to yourself. That's the reference to John 10. He laid it down, ensuring that he would take it again. It was for the benefit of himself. Law of Moses, brother Robert Roberts. It was a sacrifice operative on himself, first of all. For he is the beginning of the new creation, first fruits of the new harvest, foundation of the new temple. He was the nucleus of the new and healthy life developed among men for the healing of all who should become incorporate with him. As such, it was needful that he should himself be the subject of the process and the reaper of the results. The head of the new creation. If, if by man, I'm sorry. There, if there, if, sorry. Let me try that one more time. Second Corinthians five. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away. All things are become new. Galatians. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth nor uncircumcision, a new creation. As many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy upon the Israel of God. Romans eight twenty nine. Whom he did foreknow, that is, the process was foreknown and predestinated, to be conformed to the image of God, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Called the assembly of the Ecclesia the firstborns, of course, in Hebrews chapter 12. Colossians 1.18. He is the head of the body, the Ecclesia, which is the beginning. He's the head. He's the beginning. He's the chief. He's the rosh. The firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. As in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive, every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, who was resurrected after three days, which is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, and afterwards they that are Christ at his second advent, at his coming. The priest, the mediator, the intercessor, Here's the quote from our statement of faith that he is a priest over his own house only got about 15 more minutes and does not intercede for the world or for professors who are abandoned to disobedience that he makes intercessions for his erring brethren. If they confess and forsake their sins, you'll notice the quotations. From the law of Moses. Cited in the book of Hebrews. He took not on the nature of angels. He took on the seed of Abraham. And the end of the quote in Hebrews 2 is. For in that he himself suffered being tempted. Being put to the test proved. He's able to succor them. Who are also tried or put to the test and proved. Which is what the word tempted means. And translated that by the way elsewhere. For we have not a high priest. In other words, we have a high priest that can be touched with our infirmities. Infirmities is referring to our nature, of course. He was in all points tempted like as we are, put to the test, tried and proven, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come, as our brother said in his opening prayer, confidently under the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in the things pertaining to God, referring to the law of Moses, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way. For he himself also is compassed about with infirmity, sharing our nature. That's why he's a merciful high priest. He has partaken of our very nature. And for that reason, of course, it says in Hebrews 2, we see Jesus who was made lower than the angels. Why? For the suffering of death. Crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. And it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. Of course, he's the new creation. In bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect. Through sufferings, he was made perfect through sufferings for both he that is sanctified and they who are sanctified are all of one for which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren. It's Christ and those that are constitutionally in him statement of faith that the way to obtain this salvation is to believe the gospel they preached and to take on the name and service of Christ. By being thereupon immersed in water and continuing patiently in the observance of all things that he commanded, none being recognized as his friends except those who do what he has commanded. Again, signing references quoted in our statement of faith. As many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, neither Jew nor Gentile or free, male or free ma- female, you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. He took not on the nature of a- angels. He took on the seed of Abraham. Very careful in that language. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision for the flesh, to fulfill the lust thereof, the lust of the flesh. Saints must identify with Christ in baptism. And again, you can take Romans six and circle those words with him. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, with and into, are the key words in Romans six. Therefore, we are buried with him into and with him by baptism into his death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in a newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection at his second coming, of course. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified, here it is again with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. 2 Corinthians 5. In that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. They that are Christ, Galatians 5, have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. We now live to Christ, not to our nature. Saints must identify him. With Christ in baptism. For even here hereunto here you were called, because Christ has also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. No sin, no guile in his mouth, no reviling. When he suffered, he threatened not. He committed himself to God who judgeth righteously. Who bear our own sins in his own body on the tree, that we, after that description of Christ, being dead to sin, should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed, only if we identify with him. Ephesians 4. Ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's where Christ separated from all of us. But this mind that was in Christ also be in you. That you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. When he had called the people unto him with his disciples, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, be my disciple. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall save it. Colossians 3. If ye then be risen with Christ in baptism, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, literally. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things of the earth, figuratively. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then ye shall appear with him in glory. Put to death, mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Put off all these figuratively anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication of your mouth. Romans eight. Before we get to verse three, we read this verses one and two. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, which walk not after the flesh, but walk after the spirit. For the law and the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. They that are after the flesh, mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind... The word carnal and flesh are the same words in the Greek in this chapter. Is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he Uh is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Romans 6 again, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should not obey the lust thereof. About five minutes, I'm going to move a little quicker now. Ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Putting off the body of sins of the flesh. Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't mind the things of the flesh, but the things of the spirit. Final reference. In this condemnation of sin in the flesh, the sinning nature had to be representatively nailed up to death in the eyes of the whole world, in the eyes of the world. In one who, without sin himself, was a partaker of the nature that had come under death by its power. I want to quote that one more time. Nazareth revisited Robert Roberts. In this condemnation of sin in the flesh, the sinning nature had to be representatively nailed up to death in the eyes of all the world. In one who without sin himself was a partaker of the nature that had come under the death or under death by its power. Doctrines to be rejected. The first one is obvious that Christ's nature was not immaculate. That simply means that Catholic teaching, that Mary was immaculate, sinless herself, and therefore that's how Christ was immaculate. The immaculate conception, the immaculate birth, birth, because she of course is the holy mother mary to the catholic church but the doctrines to be rejected number 27 is important we reject the claims that there is no sin in the flesh we understand that sin has two principal acceptations in scripture so there, brothers and sisters is an overview of three simple things the direct quotations from the bible cited in our statement of faith, the actual short, concise, epitomized statement regarding the atonement and the principles of the atonement in the Birmingham amended statement of faith without the wilderness of words that have followed thereafter, and select quotes from Brother Thomas and Brother Roberts on the subject of the atonement. Thank you.